everyone here at the Impact Hub in Zurich and also to the people who joined us on the audio live stream. Welcome to today's Bearing Point Talk. My name is Katarina Casanova. I'm a manager at the digital and strategy practice of Bearing Point here in Zurich and I will be your moderator and subject matter expert for today's talk. Thus, I'm very pleased to introduce you to our two guests. We have Thomas Benuna as well as Fred Schuster. Welcome. Thomas Benuna, he is the head of internal channels at Credit Suisse based here in Zurich. After several years in consulting, mainly running CRM projects, he joined Credit Suisse in 2012 as a project manager responsible for the management and business transformation. In 2015, he took over the responsibility as a digital segment manager for the private clients, defining digital front solutions. And since the beginning of this year, he is responsible for the definition and rollout of the internal digital channels of Credit Suisse all over here in Switzerland. Welcome to. Thank you, Katharina. Then our second guest is Fred Schuster. He is the head of digital branch and workplace of Deutsche Bank, based in Frankfurt. He has over more than 25 years of experience in retail business, in different roles, the front as well as the head offices such as, for example, the head of advice private clients or the head of idea management. Since 2015, he is responsible for upgrading over 500 branches as well as over 15,000 workplaces with leading edge IT infrastructure. And this, of course, means also the transformation of application, processes and employees. Welcome, Fred. Thank you, Katarina. With the buying population of millennials increasing every day, the need for self-service is more crucial than ever. And this means that the bank must use technology disruptions to connect multiple dimensions of client demands into one platform. This is on the one hand to significantly improve the user experience while speeding up buying and advisory processes. In this talk, we will discuss how VR and AR can play an integral role in bringing products, solutions, and services from the digital platforms in the hands of the customer. And therefore, we will start with our first question. Fred, the banking industry is not known to be at the forefront of VR and AR. How would you describe the current situation? Um, focused on VR AR. Of course. <laughs> I think uh, VR and AR changed in the last years a lot, coming from a lot of use in the gamers industry, now coming to the real life of the people. This is very much based on the technology which changed. You can use it very easy. It's on your smartphone, available. And that's the way we started to think about using VR and AR in our business. We started to create use cases and thought this is the most important thing to take care of and we think now how we can integrate it in our business as today. Tom, do you see any telltale sign that the industry is moving at all? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you see a lot of hackathons taking place, running by platform providers, banks. VR and AR plays a certain role in it. 
So there are some proof of concept, some small garage project with VR era applications in there. And this is for me a sign that the industry are looking into it and tries to find use cases, thread described, and how these can be applied in our industry. I mean, data visualization is a major challenge for the financial institutions, as well as the shift towards digital customer touch points. Where do you see exactly use cases in VR, AR in the banking industry? First of all, I see a huge chance to fill abstract products with emotions. And we see use cases all over the processes we have, starting on the client services, starting in the advice, in the collaboration, so many use cases also in marketing and in training of employees. We can create a lot of different use cases. And I think the challenge is how intelligent we create this use case. It doesn't make sense to transform an analog use case to a digital use case and then visit it. You have to rethink the complete use cases with, with complete processes. This is the challenge we have to work on now. And Tom, do you think the interaction with the client is going to change? And if so, how is it going to change? To a certain extent, I have to say. So in my opinion, it will for sure, certain use cases, as Fred described, the analog will stay the same. Some might change. So I think potentially whenever you need to tell the client a complex product or a complex situation and you want to make it comprehensive, VR and AR can help there. So I'm just thinking about potential to display asset allocation of a portfolio or something like that in an advisory process could be a potential use case there in order to help the clients understand a complex world better uh, in there. Something to add? Yeah, this is something we also worked on, like coming from an investment advice process in Germany, we have MIFID II regulation, mm -hmm. and this is such a boring process for both clients and advisors. Mm -hmm. You have to fill out a long form, and it's paper-based, and even if you put it on the desk, it's still boring. So what we did during a proof of concept we did with VR, we thought, how can we make this process different using VR, AR? And what we did is, we made a gamification out of it. So we designed a virtual trip through the space for the customer and during this trip he has to make decisions like when he's booking his flight, with which he's flying, like with a space taxi or fifth element, with a challenger or something like this. And with decisions, his risk profile was defined. Mm -hmm. And it was so impressive that the people using it, they really liked it, they loved it. We got a net promoter score on this from over 40. This is really, really high. And at the end, the outcome matched with real life we did with the MIFID 2 process on the paper-based form. So this, what we did was not really like MIFID 2 compatible. Mm -hmm. We have to work on it, but we see that it starts getting really interesting for our use cases. And just think about also outside our internal process, let's call it like that. I mean, there might be some already in the real estate 
where people are going or want to visit a house they want okay. to potential buy or interested in and there if you say yeah that's a cool house there you can also plug in as a bank and say if you're interested calculate your mortgage yeah. so there are some use cases we could think about outside where we can plug in then into mm. our processes yeah and we did also this so like if when you increased your mortgage you got another pool in the garden and something <laughs> like this and really could see it in real time yeah. so it was really fascinating for the customers <laughs> And Tom, which other industries are you observing and how does banking play into the VRAR concept then? Well, you know, you see it in the media. The whole VRAR in the media is implicitly looking at the gaming industry. And of course, if you want to develop applications in VRAR, you need to have 3D developers into it, which are at the moment really looking into the gaming industry and you need to get them into. But overall, we are thinking on the one side, on the content, so what is gaming doing there? And on the other side, also the hardware industry, because at the moment, the hardware providers looking into making VR, AR profitable. So VR at the moment more, so you see a lot of VR devices coming up where technology is rapidly changing. So last year there was already the the HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, everything was tethered. Now we are speaking about untethered devices. We have the first elements in there. And also the displays in the VR devices are rapidly developing into the right direction in order to avoid the screen door effects and something like that. So we are observing those industries to see, okay, when is really the point in time where also the mass market can approach that. And in my personal opinion, that's where the banking industry then should really then hug in and say, okay, and now we are creating another customer interact touch point. I think we can all agree that technology has changed our lives in the last years quite a lot. According to an IDC study, the revenues of the VR AR market will grow up to 162 billion US dollars in 2020. However, only a few financial institutions are pioneering with this emerging technology. So what will the bank of the future look like once 5G comes to reality and the VR AR becomes a lifestyle technology, Tom? Well, 5G, in my opinion, has its huge potential whenever you're talking about persons running around, so being mobile. VR, in my point of view, is not yet ready to be really mobile so it's still you do something in your living room but not on the go so you, i haven't yet seen somebody sitting in the drain with his vr glasses on so i think when the ar industry has developed to a certain extent together with 5g it will be then an enabler that ar will be potentially be more in our everyday life but for the future, personally, I see a combination of VR and AR together. And at the moment, there are two different streams being developed. And Fred, do you see any obstacles in the technology? Does something stop us from using it at all? Yes, Tom already <laughs> mentioned, we won't walk around with like uh, VR glasses on. This won't work. I think, and we shouldn't overhype the technology too much. As you said, 2020, I don't see this. I think also Mark Zuckerberg, he said one year ago that he sees in 2022 VR, AR more important than the normal mobile device. And I don't see this currently. 
But I think VRAR will improve our customer experience. And I see another obstacle, which is internal in the financial institutions. We have a lot of legacy systems, and you have to adopt the new technology to old legacy systems, because only the new technology won't work without the adoption to the legacy systems. And this will take another few years that we can adopt this technology to the old legacy systems. The systems is just one of them. There needs to be also humans yes. using it in our industry. And I think with every new technology coming up, first there is a, in the change management, a certain resistance of it. So of course, that will also take time to convince uh, people to use that technology and to create really an added value for the clients. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Very often our advisors come back to us and say, hey, the customers, they don't want this new technology. And if you talk to the customers, they say, hey, I really love it, but my advisor doesn't offer it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, as you just mentioned, not everyone is a gadget freak. In another story, approximately 40% have identified the user experience as the top obstacle for mass adoption, VR as well as AR. So we would like to know what your expected customer exception ratio is for it. As I already mentioned, people won't walk around with VR, AR glasses on, but I think there will be new technologies like having lenses in your eyes and they can be charged by blinking. <laughs> Such great technology. I think this will change and then these obstacles will be gone away. So we're interested in your conclusion in order to successfully use VR, AR technology in banking. What do you believe? What are the key success factors? I think we already mentioned some of them. Mm -hmm. The people, the change management, the technology within the banks, and the use cases we are using. And I think the hardest job is now to find the right use cases. And we take a lot of time designing these use cases. It took us over one year to find the right use cases for our proof of concept. So the technology was not the thing we had to think about a lot because technology is available. It's about the use case, how intelligent you design them. They say, hey, this is an add-on for me and mm -hmm. I like to go for it. And we have to think how we can integrate it into our customer journey because this completely changes. And we have to think at which points do we integrate VR, AR in these customer journeys. I don't think in a few years we'll integrate it in an advice session in a branch. Mm. This won't make sense because I would like to look at you and not look into a VR, AR class. But what makes sense is to, for example, offer it at home for the customer that you use it instead of a video session, Skype session, you use a VR session, you can explain very much better things. You can use it for internal collaboration also within the company, for example. Every day, 500 of my colleagues travel from and to London. So this is very cost expensive. So you can think if only a few of them use VR sessions instead of traveling, this can save a lot of money. And also for the training of the employees, it makes much more sense to train the employees via VR because they keep in mind what they saw much better than they keep in mind when they see it only on a screen. So many, many different opportunities we have. Something to add? 
I mean, well described. I think to sum up this, in my opinion, is really all about the first thing, how you create that ad value, not that the clients, especially when VRA are the first steps you are make, it has to bring from day one a certain value. Otherwise, the clients yeah. would say, hey, I pay fees and now you're giving me just a new technology which don't bring value. So potentially you're making clients more angry and this is not what you want. So I think you need to be careful when you have to apply it. And also, I want to add as well as the management, the top management, the top management needs to be convinced about the, the technology in order to say, yes, let's invest and create that customer interaction touch point in order to fulfill business cases such Fred described uh, to save money for traveling trips, for example. This all sounds very promising. However, the competition, just like Facebook or Google, are around the corner. So what do banks have in store to stay ahead of it? I don't think that Google and Facebook are like enemies to us. <laughs> <laughs> they support with their technologies what's available within the financial industry. It's the same like with the fintechs. A few years ago, everybody thought, hey, fintechs, they will attack the financial industry. And what we did, we teamed up with the fintechs, <laughs> and now we do a great work together. And I think this is also with Google and Facebook, you have to join them and work together with them and use the ideas, the technology they offer. I see also other competitors around, for example, the complete car industry. In a few years, driving will completely change. And what will we do? We'll drive automatically, autonomous. We don't have to drive our car by ourselves. And the question is, what do we do during the time the car is driving? Mm -hmm. So currently, there is a fight for the front end in the cars. And you see it like a BMW, Mercedes, they are investing a lot of money into VR and AR industry. And this is where we have to get into, because it's very, very interesting for us that during people driving to their work with their car, what can they do? They can watch a video or they can also do have an advice session with financial industry. So this is the thing we have to think about. And I see this as a great chance and not as a risk. Absolutely. I think collaboration is key, as you said. And on the other side as well as looking into the customer lifecycle journey, yeah. not just from a pure banking perspective. Now you have to really start at 8 o'clock in the morning of a client. What is he doing? Yeah. during breakfast, when he goes to work, and, and, and. And then you really can see, okay, where does the technology then really apply and a client's life cycle will change. Yeah. And this brings us back to change management we have to do. Yes. Because <laughs> our daily life as a financial advisor will change. It's not an eight to five job anymore, because maybe we have to talk to the clients six o'clock when they drive to work. Absolutely. Before already getting to the end of this talk and opening up for any questions from the audience, let's broaden the scope again. Fred, what does Deutsche Bank see happening in the next five years in the banking industry? Oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I strongly believe that we will go to a platform. Banking as a platform, this will be very much in focus. I think we will go to marketplaces. We are already working on these marketplaces. I don't think we will have marketplaces like we have currently with Check24 or something like this, but we'll have created marketplace where we have still the front end to the customers, and but the customer can choose different products via us from other companies. And this is for me very important in the transformation and we'll have a lot of 
beyond banking offerings we are currently also working on. At the first moment you think, how does this make sense for financial institutions to offer these things? But I think this whole package will transform the complete finance industry within the next years. And Tom, what will be the game-changing technology drivers that are maybe even more relevant than VR and AR? Well, personally, it's a little bit like looking into the crystal ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, as Fred mentioned a little bit earlier, I think the merge VR and AR, then if you have then really a hardware set up, which is combining those two, that you can really say, okay, this is the next mobile device 2.0, where you really wear in your everyday life, this could be possibly something in the future. But of course, there are also other developments ongoing in, in our hardware space, not just VR and AR, which will rapidly change our daily life. Okay, thank you very much. Now, we would like to open the floor for any questions from the audience on site, as well as from the audio live streaming. The questions for the audience on site first. Don't be shy. Thank you very much for this. This was uh, very interesting. Nevertheless, I've got uh, one or two questions for you guys. When I hear what you do, it's a lot of, of it is in proof of concepts, stadium. You try out different things. Probably mainly here, Switzerland, Credit Suisse, Germany, uh, Central Europe. My question is, do you have the right focus in terms of markets with higher adoption rate, maybe the US, Japan, China, where especially the young clients, which can be unbelievably rich, high net worth individuals, would maybe com deal completely different with technologies you have in mind. Do you focus on these markets and do you consider focus primarily on these markets because you can go through transformation and changes? You have in your minds much faster than in Europe. Do you see differences between the markets? I talked to different companies regarding VR and AR. And for example, I had a session with Apple in Cupertino uh, half a year ago discussing how VR and AR will change the financial industry. And as far as I can see, we have all over the world the, whole, the same challenges. So it's not different. The people's behavior is different, of course, but the technology available is the same. And maybe the Chinese, the Japanese people are a little bit ahead of us, maybe a little bit different, but I think we have to focus on the use cases we need for our clients. And we are in Europe-based, so we have to see how can we design the best use cases for our clients. And this is what we are working on, and we get a lot of inspiration from all the other companies across the world, but I don't think we have to focus on these companies. Which doesn't mean that you don't observe them, right? So it's absolutely, I think, key is that you know your client, you give them a platform that they can say what they really want and how they want to interact in the future with you. And they know, okay, this technology is around. And if they can see, okay, this can bring me up. But at the very end, it's really you have to be with your client, give them a platform, understand their needs, no matter where they sit. And I think most important thing is now, to work on the technology. Because the worst thing you could do is to say, okay, we don't know where the travel is going to, and we wait another two or three years until this is clear. 
and you lose such a lot of time, you lose such a lot of input you get during this time. The thing I can tell everybody is start working on VR and AR use cases because you lose instead a lot of time. Any other questions? You looked at it from a pure um, financial services standpoint right now. Have you been adopting um, experiences from other industries or cross-fertilizing between industries when you decided on VR or AR strategies? We looked at other use cases, for example, like what I really like, for example, the use case, and it was really disruptive from my point of view, is a furniture company from Sweden did. Like in the past, you went to the buildings and then you decided which furniture you wanted to buy. And now you can do it at home. You can put the furniture in your house, in your living room, and you make the buy decision in your house. You don't have to go to a building and to make your buy decision. And this we are looking at, like this is only one example, and we have to think how, what does this mean for our customer journey, for our customer experience, and how can we adopt this experience to the financial industry? Picking there up with use cases, from my point of view, and you mentioned before, hackathons, you mentioned gamification, to, as a way of find use cases for the financial sector. As long as it's the big benefit of VR, from my point of view, is that you get another spatial awareness where you're not are at the moment. So when you don't look at furnitures, when you don't look at houses from the inside, do you see other approaches where this different spatial awareness could be a benefit where you can say, yeah, it's not a screen. I don't just have more screen. I have a benefit because of up, down, left, right, yeah, I think you mentioned it before, the whole education industry, in my point of view, is also which where you can really make content-wise something tangible. Yeah? So whenever you are, by example, you want to show somebody how to fix in your house electricity or something, this could be really a use case to look into it and to really hands-on train the people how they, they, they fix something in their house. So this is for me I think in the education industry, which we can then also look into and try to see what these means for us in the banking and as well when we want to train our people. Do you think clients would be able to pay for these services? So thinking of VR, AR and then extending to other technologies, do you think they would be willing to pay even a modic fee so that the financial industry can turn this into a model maybe? Well. You know, I think the thing is really, as I said before, if it brings an added value and the clients really also perceives it, then yes. But if it's just, I say, another, let's say, online banking with the same features you are having in the online banking, potentially not. That's my opinion. I don't know how you see it, Fred. I, I strongly believe that people won't pay for the technology we offer. Maybe they pay for the services we offer within the technology. But this depends on us, which services we offer in this technology. And I think this will take some time to figure out which services maybe people will pay for it. But currently, I don't see services people pay for, or for VR. It's just an additional channel at the moment. Any other questions?
How far would you say is Switzerland with the VRA technology compared to other countries? Actually, quite a good question here. At the moment, when I look into the media, there are a lot of own platforms going on in Switzerland, which are looking into it, especially, of course, at the gaming industry. And as well, if you some VR cinemas are built in Switzerland. So actually, it's quite interesting to see how it's growing. In comparison with other countries, I think we are not on top, but quite ahead as well on it, especially when you look in our core industries, using or finding use cases, also adapting it. How do you see Switzerland from the German perspective? <laughs> to be honest, I can't really answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, then we have a second one from the audience online. Where do you see VRAR in banking in 2050? 50. Yeah. 50. 50. We are retired. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me bring an example. Let's go back eight years. Okay. And at this time, iPad was launched. Mm -hmm. Or let's go back 10 years, the iPhone was launched. And nobody could imagine how this technology will change our life within the last eight or ten years. So I don't think that you will be able to say what will happen until 2050. What I strongly believe is that technology will be more and more integrated, natural in our life. So we don't maybe have, will have a smartphone anymore. As I already mentioned, we maybe have it as a lens in our eyes or implemented in our brain or somewhere else. I think this will happen, but I don't know how this will happen. <laughs> and if I would know this, I wouldn't sit here. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's not just the technology. I mean, we have much more players yeah. in the market, in the banking industry, like the regulator, yeah. etc., which has also to say something. <laughs> then to some of this talk, I think we could say that VR AR is one of the technologies of the futures and that it becomes more affordable and functional for the financial services as well as for banking, which is an absolute alignment with the growing requirements of the clients. So, Thomas and Fred, thank you very much for being with us. It was very insightful to discuss with you. I would all like to invite you for our next BE talk, which already takes place next week on the 30th of October. The topic is Agile Organization, Curse or Blessing with Stefan Briner from the Zurich City. And once again, thanks a lot for being with us here in the Impact Hub in Zurich. Also for the audiences on site, I wish you all a very, very great day. Thank you.